Hello, this is Richard Maidley, co-host of the Richard and Judy Book Club, and you're listening to the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast with Paul T. Hello and welcome to Paul's podcast diary for Monday the 25th of July 2016. This episode of the diary accompanies podcast episode number 21. In my writing news this week, The Murder Place is making good progress. I actually had a phenomenal couple of writing days. I've written 14,305 words this week. It's probably actually more than that. I think it's about 15,000 words, but I've, I've messed up my Scrivener word counting. So I can't quite be sure. But I can tell you that the word count for the second thriller, The Murder Place, is currently at 36,000 words. So it was about 14,000, 15,000 this week. And I did that over two days. I had a phenomenal writing day on Thursday. How many did I write? I'm just looking at my calendar here. 8,695 words I wrote on Thursday. Now, I think that is a record for me. I don't think I've ever written any more than that. And I just got so much into the story and it was just flowing. It was going really well and I knew what was going to happen next. I just kept writing, frankly, until everybody came home from school and work. So that is a bit of a record. I don't know whether we'll ever beat that one. I was pretty tired afterwards. And actually, one of the things I, I do have to point out about this, I've had two really heavy writing days this week. And the reason I did it was because I've had a really busy week, as you'll, you'll hear in a moment or two. I've done a lot of podcast recordings this week, and I've been out doing a lot of teaching. And when I was looking at my schedule this week, I was taking a look at it thinking, do you know what, that's a really, that's quite a busy schedule. And I had begun to wonder whether I was putting myself under too much pressure, maybe taking too many things on. So what I decided to do is I wanted to free up the weekend. So I didn't have anything scheduled for the weekend. If I wanted to lie in, if I wanted to go out and do something and play Monopoly with the kids and things like that, then I was completely free and unscheduled because I was feeling a desperate need to get some white space in that schedule. So at the moment, the, the weekend is actually free. I'm recording this on the Friday and I don't know what I'll do with the weekend. I will get some work done, but I want to have some free time at the weekend. I'm in need of some free time. And I think that if we cram our diaries too much as authors, then the ideas won't come. To achieve that free time over the weekend, I needed to write really fast and, and hard for a couple of days. So on Thursday and Friday of this week, I had really two big, really two really big writing days. Now, next week, I'm hoping that the book's going to be at 50,000 words. So it's going to be over the halfway point. The halfway point's about 45,000 words. I'm going to try another two days of writing 7,000 words next week over Thursday and Friday of next week. I don't know whether I'll do it, but I want to free up next weekend too, just so I'm getting some breaks built in. Now, after that, the numbers of words that I'm going to write will go back to the 5,000. Something I've noticed about writing the 8,000 words. I'm sure I did about six or seven. I say I've lost the plot with Scrivener. I just I just did some messing up and did some deletions and change rounds. And I've actually lost the, the, the plot with the precise words that I've written each day. But it was two very heavy writing days, heavier than usual. I have actually had some, some limb discomfort and I don't usually get limb discomfort. So I'm not going to make a habit of that. I think at 5,000 words, when I type over the day, I don't have any kind of uh, typing discomfort. But I have had with the eight and the 7,000 word days. And I don't think that's probably a healthy level for me to type at. So I am going to watch that. I'll do it two more days next week, just so I can make sure I hit my targets over summer. And uh, and then we'll go back to the 5,000 worders. Really, really enjoying the book. Actually, I'm, I'm waiting for my wife to, to give a first read through. My wife is always my first beta reader. 
and I've got seven chapters uh, lined up for her at the moment and she, she's not had time to get to it yet but I, I really need her or I want her to read it at the moment because I just wanted to, to let me know that it's it's good as a standalone novel but it also picks up nicely after Don't Tell Meg but it's great fun the story's taking care of itself I've delivered the first body this week which I needed to do and uh, and, it, and it's chugging away nicely. I'm very happy with it. I, I, I hope, I don't think, touch wood, I don't think I'm going to have any plotting difficulties with this one. I have a piece of paper just here by my side where I jotted down all the key points of the story. I think I know where I'm going with it, so we're good to go. I must say, though, I'm getting a little bit embarrassed about my word count. When people ask me, or when we're discussing word counts, and people are going, you know, woo, that's a lot of words, I'm thinking, ooh, is there something wrong with what I'm doing here? Because I, I don't really have trouble getting those words out. Um, and it all goes through editing. I always say they're first draft words, so they are me writing at speed. They're not edited. It has to go through all the editing processes. But I do find that I write quite fast and, and quite accurate. I don't make a lot of mess-ups uh, when I write at that speed. And I can only assume it's something to do with being a journalist and having to write under extreme pressure. Uh, when I used to present radio shows, um, particularly there was one I used to do at BBC Radio Humberside. It used to be it used to be one o'clock news show, and often the pressure up to one o'clock was was quite intense. Uh, sometimes I'd be writing cues about two minutes before we went on air, and there were there were times when we had breaking news stories when I literally had to start the jingle for the show and busk it. I had to make up the headlines um, straight out of my head, just say them very slowly and deliberately to make sure I didn't mess up the words. So, uh, so I'm used to writing under quite extreme pressure in the past. I haven't had to do it for a long time. Um, but I, I, I can only guess that's where it comes from. And so they say you don't waste anything in life. I'm really grateful if, if that's what's given me the ability to write um, so fast like that. I did say that I'd be busy this week. It has been a really busy week, actually. It's a little bit more packed than I would have liked. But I had um, four podcast guests coming back to me and being able to record this week. They're all scheduled in slots this week. So it also feels like it's been wall-to-wall podcast interviews. And I really, really enjoy the podcast interviews. I schedule an hour for them. Uh, I'm getting pretty good at them now. They take about an hour, about 45 to 50 minutes of recorded time. And then you've got the pre-chat and the afterwards chats as well. And uh, they're going fine, but I've really enjoyed it this week. Uh, on Monday, was it? Yeah, on Monday, I spoke to Griselda Heppel. Now, Griselda writes novels for children based around the classics. And, and you might think that's quite a dry topic, but Griselda had a really, really interesting story to tell in that podcast. She'll be coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I also this week have talked to Peter O'Connor. Now he's the gentleman who designed my secret bunker covers. I'm really, really pleased with those secret bunker covers. And, and Peter is exceptional. If you have a look at his site, at bespokebookcovers.com, I've never seen a site, a website with so many testimonials on it. And his are actually all audio testimonials. It's quite, quite incredible. Um, so I got him on to talk about book cover designs and the sorts of things that we need to look for when we're getting book covers sorted out. Uh, last night I finally managed to pin down Ashley Lister. Now Ashley writes erotic fiction and I wanted to talk to Ashley about the use of language, getting the language correct when we write sex scenes in books. 
Now, it's really quite good fun because um, I, I, I'm going to have to put an explicit notice on this podcast because it contains language and discussion which some people may find offensive. It's not at all. It's all just a sensible discussion about writing sex scenes. Uh, one of the points we made while we were chatting was that you would take the time and trouble to learn how to write a decent fight scene. You would take the trouble, I hope, to to learn about weaponry if you were having uh, somebody carrying a, a gun of some sort in your book. So why wouldn't we invest some time, if we've got love and sex scenes in our books, why wouldn't we invest some time learning about the correct kind of language and style to use from somebody who knows what to do. Now, Ashley is one of those people. Uh, Ashley has written several erotic fiction books. He speaks at a conference in London called Eroticon, uh, which looks really interesting, actually. I'm, I'm quite interested in, in attending that. But we're basically talking about the right kind of language to use in sex scenes and, and how to write sex scenes and when you should use them to advance the plot. It's a fascinating discussion. Uh, hopefully you won't be easily offended and you'll make sure that you catch that podcast edition in a couple of weeks' time. Really enjoyed chatting to Ashley. And then also today I've been talking to Maggie James, another UK writer. Maggie's based in Bristol in the UK. Maggie is a writer of psychological thriller and suspense novels. Um, she's earning enough income to support herself now. She spent years and years as an accountant took a leap of faith, started writing books, and she's really a really interesting author-entrepreneur. So again, these there's brilliant interviews. They're all brilliant for different reasons, but I really feel like we've got a fantastic range of guests uh, coming up on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So please keep listening. And if you've got suggestions for people I should be talking to, please let me know. At the moment, I'm keeping it to UK guests. I probably will be expanding that to USA guests fairly soon. But while I was putting the podcast in its trial period, I was going to restrict it to UK authors only. But I probably will start to spread the net soon, probably September, October time. And generally, if an author hasn't got a good author platform, if I can't find out everything I need to know about you by researching you online, I generally won't invite you for a podcast interview. I expect you to be at a certain level as an author and really I expect you to have the basics done so um, that's what I'm looking for in authors but having said that I'm not looking for the authors yet again who are selling a zillion copies I'm looking for authors who've got several books published and who've got a really interesting story to tell but I really wanted to burrow down into the basics of, of for new authors how do you get that traction how do you get that initial momentum that's really what this podcast deals with I'll leave the, the kind of the experts and the people who are selling thousands and thousands of copies. Generally, I'm going to leave those to the other podcasts because I want to present something very distinctive on this show. The summer holidays of the UK started this week, and that's going to give me a lot of challenges. Uh, it's a good thing because the family are all home and my wife's at home. My wife works time term term time only, so she's off for the next six weeks too. But of course, as a writer, it's going to be distractions for me. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to get these 7,000 word writing days out the way, because I've absolutely got to make sure that I hit my writing targets. With the kids around, with my wife through in the kitchen, there are distractions left, right and centre. My routine 
goes to pot because I usually schedule my writing days for when the house is empty well the house is never going to be empty uh, now so uh, I'm going to have to find some way of forcing my writing time this morning for instance I was up at 6.15 I'd written um, 3,000 something like that three 4,000 words before anybody surfaced because they they're all they all like to lie in and I'm the early bird in, in, in the family so it's going to be something like that over summer I'm going to try and find a routine but I've got to hit those writing deadlines I'm going to have to squeeze it in somewhere I think the the other thing about summer is, is it's important to recharge. I did say earlier about on my schedule, finding that white space in my diary because I do, uh, I do target so much and I do try to get so much done. Sometimes it does feel a little bit frantic, especially when I get something unexpected like four podcast interviews all coming in. I'm not going to say no to them because I, I need to get them in the pot for future episodes. So sometimes my, my time can feel a little bit uh, squeezed. You remember also that I, I do training. I, I'm seeing clients during the week, trying to move those around the writing. Next week, I've had two training sessions this week. I was doing some corporate on Tuesday, two, uh, two corporate sessions this week, and seeing a client on Monday. I'm seeing clients next week, and I've got another corporate training day on the Tuesday. So I'm squeezing all of this stuff around my writing. Very lucky that I can self-schedule it, and i got a lot of control over the time. But there, there sometimes feels a lot to balance, and the summer holidays is going to make that more tricky. So as you listen to these podcast diaries, you'll hear how I navigate that over the next six weeks of the holidays. But I am going to make sure I get some, some fun time in there too. I think it's really important to just keep the ideas and the motivations flying. Uh, J Dave Chesson from the uh, Kindlepreneur blog site, uh, he posted a nice little link today, which I'm going to share on the notes. Um, it was a, a link of suggested podcasts, and I've got one of those links too, which I'll also share on the notes. A couple of podcasts on there I hadn't heard about, which I quite fancy, to be honest with you. Um, I fancy the Writer 2.0 podcast, a podcast called Brand Architect, and one called The Writer Files. There were a couple on there that I tried and dismissed. There are several on there that I listen to every week, but those three looked good and focused for what I'm interested in and I felt like they were offering something new. They've been loaded up onto my phone and if they're any good I shall start listening when I'm in the car in future weeks. I'm using a great app on my Android phone at the moment. It's called Beyond Pod and it's a podcast player and you can make smart lists so that when you refresh the podcast it automatically uploads podcasts and puts them in your playlist in the order that you want them and I'm just finding this brilliant for listening to podcasts in the car when I leave when I'm leaving on the drive I just press play and then I press stop when I arrive it just it just goes through all the podcasts that I've uploaded the latest episodes in the order that I want them and, and it's absolutely brilliant and I'm just shifting a lot of podcast listening at the moment so I would recommend that if you if you want to squeeze your time I do like to listen rather than listening to the radio or music in the car I like to use it as learning time automobile university I think is it um one, one of the the big guys in self-development uh, I think it's Brian Tracy uh, he calls it automobile university so that's beyond pod I have paid for it I think it's one pound two pounds something like that to upgrade it it's a great little uh, podcast tool for your phone for listening in the car particularly it's got nice big buttons on if you ever have to press stop something else I've done this week I've forgotten about this actually so no wonder I'm feeling that it's been a busy week uh, I did a submission, a post-submission for the Alliance of Independent Authors. I'd promised them a MailChimp for Beginners Quick Start for Authors email marketing guide. So I've given them a one hour, it's like a, a webinar, but it's a, a longer video. It's a how-to video. 
and I've tailored it for authors. And I sent it off to the Alliance of Independent Authors this week, and that is going to appear, I think it's going to appear probably August sometime. It'll it'll pop out at some point or other. And they've asked me to do another one. He says, looking at his board, I think that's going to be on, on podcasts or podcasting they've asked me to do one. So I'll be happy to do that, but I think I, I won't produce that one for a long time. That probably won't appear. I'll probably do the work in August, and it'll probably appear in September sometime. I also got to approach this week from Self Publishing Magazine. Now, this is something I recommend that you keep an eye on. It's from Troubadour, who do they have a self publishing arm called Matador. And in actual fact, completely coincidentally, I speak to a lot of their authors on this show. They help to get a lot of self published authors out there. And if you don't want to do all the self-publishing work yourself, like the covers of the editing and things, they, they support with all of that. Now, I met Rachel Gregory at an event uh, a couple of weeks ago at their self-publishing event in Leicester. Rachel is the editor of their self-publishing magazine, which is now online, and she asked me if I would write them an article. So I'm going to be writing them an article, and this this will be delivered by the end of August. It'll probably go, can't remember when it's going out, August, September. But it's going to be about how to pitch to be on a podcast like this one how to be a great podcast guest basically the things that I would be looking for and podcast presenters would be looking for from you if you are an author and the benefits that you get as an author by being on a podcast like this now I'll tell you that if you're on a podcast the great thing about it is is that when people discover a brand new podcast they are all the time what they tend to do is they work through all the back catalogue of episodes so if you're on a podcast you constantly get you get the listens for that week but also you get the benefit of being some, on something that's always creating great new content and finding new people to listen. So it gives you a benefit year in, year out, month in, month out. It's a great thing to be on a podcast. My top tip, by the way, because this is a little frustration of mine, I've been reaching out to a number of authors recently. And as I say, I only really reach out to authors who have a really strong online presence. So I'm usually reaching out to them via social media or something like that, having followed them and watched them for a little while and make sure that they're active authors. And a lot of them aren't replying to me. Now, this is very, very interesting because as authors, we're in business. It's a business. And if you don't reply to people who message or email you, that's like letting the business telephone ring and no one answer it. That might be an opportunity coming in. So I could only assume that either they're not checking their messages or they're ignoring me. And what I would say is, you're in business for goodness sake. You know, you're an author. You either need to say, uh, no, I can't do the podcast or so you need to get back to somebody or you, or you need to accept. But you do need to get back to somebody because it creates a very poor impression if you're if I'm sending out messages to you and you're not getting back to me. Now, clearly, if these are spammy messages where you're offering to do the SEO and I didn't even ask you to, then that's fine. But if they're polite approaches from somebody who's you know got all the credentials, then you really ought to get back to somebody on that. And just by way of illustrating that I got a polite knockback from a very big author that I was trying to land this week somebody that I'm reading at the moment who, who comes through a sort of hybrid self-publishing background and he found the time to reply to me now it was in the negative which is fine he's busy he's at a festival this weekend that's all absolutely fine but if a busy multi-thousand certainly multi-thousand selling author could get back to say 
thank you very much, but I'm too busy to appear on the podcast, then the much smaller authors that I'm usually contacting certainly can. So this is really just uh, an, an etiquette thing, really. If you are building an author business, don't be one of those authors who are just uncontactable um, or just ignores a- any kind of messages that people send. If you're going to build that relationship online, you really need to, to reach out and respond to people and acknowledge them. It really matters because we are building a business here. That's just a little pull rant but it's been a recent frustration of mine that these requests have just gone into the void into the darkness and people aren't responding and uh, I think you owe people a response as a courtesy unless of course it's spammy. Uh, Final point from me this week Um, I'm up to I've had a really good run with recording interviews for this podcast I'm actually scheduled up to episode 28 which is taking us well into September where am I now on the diary we're way into September up to, I think it is the 8th of September, no, the 12th of September we're up to now. When I originally started this podcast, I scheduled for myself, I said I would get to 30 episodes and then review it. 30 episodes seemed like a reasonable target to give it a good go, to see if it was working, to see if there was an audience there, to see if I could sustain it. I think that was the thing I was most worried about. Can I keep writing, doing all the things I do, and can I sustain a podcast? Well, the answer is yes, it's it's working very well. I've got it nice and routinized now. Uh, it doesn't take me long to set people up and interview them and, and process everything. So it's going very well. So it will it will continue. Um, it, it's, it's been uh, great. I'm re- really enjoying it. Uh, I have to say, um, if you've ever blogged before, I found a podcast instantly better for creating a network and reaching out and making contacts with people. It's been miles better than a blog ever has. Even in the, the few weeks, this is we've broadcast episode 20 this week, in the few weeks that I've been doing it, it's instantly better. The networking that I'm doing and the contacts that I'm making within the industry are absolutely fantastic. And of course, I'm making friends with lots of other authors who are trying to do exactly what I'm doing. So would I recommend a podcast? I, I absolutely would recommend doing a podcast. I'm now going to retarget this podcast to make sure that we get to the year point, which is going to be something like March or April in 2017. Once I hit that 30th episode, I've got the confidence then to say, right, we'll be able to get that to a year. And and then we'll review where we are in a year's time. Now, the first 30 episodes I'd always said would be UK only. The reason for that is because over the period of those 30 episodes, I was going to be going to a lot of UK events. And I knew I'd be able to get interviews at those events and make contacts, particularly through those events. So I knew that I was going to be UK heavy in the first instance. I am going to start to let other people creep in because I don't want to keep it entirely UK. And I do want to get the influence from elsewhere uh, around the world. So that will start to creep in after episode 30. One thing that you can do to help me, and I really would appreciate this, is if you would fill in the podcast survey that I've got all over the site at selfpublishingjourneys.com. I've done a quick survey there, but what it will let me know is is what you think of the duration of the podcast, what you think of the content, the guests, what you think would help to improve the podcast. That's going to really help me as I go forward, because at the moment I'm just broadcasting what I think is helpful, but you might have other ideas on that. And I'm very interested to hear your feedback so that we can make this podcast much more useful for you. 
That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I've got a lot of words to write next week, another 15,000 words. Tune in next week to see if I make it. And uh, as ever, if you want to contact me about anything, anything you've heard or anything you want to suggest, I'm always contactable via email. I do reply to my emails, unless it's spammy, of course. Uh, you can contact me at paul at paulteague.com. And Teague is spelt T-E-A-G-U-E. Thank you for listening to this week's Self-Publishing Journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.